0: Hello and welcome to episode 26 of oh, Two no. Years. a Um, he's Steve, I'm Brett. And there's no more basketball. I don't like I it. I don't know what I do. You know, I'm not sure. Um, actually, you know what? I do know. We're going to get right into it. I'm going to run the damn ball. How about you, Steve?
1: Yeah, it's the only thing we can do, I guess.
0: It is. As, you know, it, it obviously is a very weird time for the NBA season to come to a close. Um, And with a lot of uncertainty, um, you know, around when the draft will be actually be when the next season will start, uh, if there'll be fans, things like that. There are, there is one universal truth out there in the world. And that is that we will always be running the damn ball. Uh, So to get, to get us started, uh, Steve, how have you been running the damn ball recently?
1: Well, Brett, I have been running the damn ball by getting my flu shot this past weekend. Chipping away at the flu, kind of like how you chip away at a defense with every three-yard carry that you throw at it. So the flu is not going to stop me today. I will defeat it at the end of the long game. By having gotten my flu shot, and I encourage all of you out there listening to get your flu shots as well if you haven't already as we all jointly run the damn ball as a society against the flu
0: well said well said yes please go get your flu shots I'm getting mine tomorrow morning uh, uh you know it'll be uh it'll be a good experience i'm I'm ready to ready to do my part um i I, I think I've been going in a slightly different uh direction for this um you know, as as I've mentioned before, I'm, I've you know recently started school again, um, and so what I've done is uh, gone into the settings of my phone and uh, put time locks on uh, all of my like non-productive social media apps. So all of my social media apps, um, so Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Reddit, uh, just throw a time block on there after you know a few minutes of uh, being able to check uh, in the morning, in the afternoon, you know, having them having them get uh closed and, and be able to focus in and hunker down on, on whatever tasks are at hand for the day. Um, and I've found that that's, you know, it's, it's turned those two yards It's, it's, it's like when you get a two yard, you, you know, you think you're going to gonna get bottled up at the line, but you're able to kind of push the pile and, uh, and turn what could be a no gain or a negative gain into, into something positive. So, uh, you know, I feel, I feel like it's been a, been a real help so far. So I'm I'm excited to continue running the damn ball in that, in that way until finals are over um so as we mentioned uh the the NBA Finals came to a conclusion I don't know it 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 could have been throwing it it wasn't really uh in uh you know after or last week early last week uh the finals ended the Lakers won um beating a depleted heat team uh in you know, what, what ended up being kind of non, non-dramatic non fashion. Um, and because I, I, I remember, you know, everyone was they did or they did win four to two. Um, you know, they would they got out to a three one lead, which, as we've seen time and time again, is the most dangerous lead in sports. Um, and. We're able to we're able to, you know, finish the job after the Heat put forth a valiant effort in game five. Um, any excitement of game six was pretty much. Gone by halfway through the second quarter, I believe they're up by 30 at halftime and kind of cruised to a victory there. Um, so, congratulations to your 2020 NBA champion, Los Angeles Lakers. Um, I think uh, you know we 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 had our doubts about this t- about this team coming into the season, some potentially more than others. Um, but they were able to do it. Um, you know, regardless of who they actually faced in the finals. Um, so I guess just kind of starting off from the top, from you know ten thousand ten thousand foot view, um, did did this go the way you expected, minus minus any you know injuries that, that hurt either team.
1: Well, to answer the specific question, I did say that the Lakers would win in six, um, and and the Lakers won in six. So I think we both. I think we both did. So the short answer is is um, what. What I am still, I think, in still a little bit of of shock with with this Lakers team is that I I really didn't think they had anything past LeBron and Anthony Davis. And, um, you know, there have been a lot of interviews, I think, done with former LeBron teammates over the course of the finals and the conference finals. And... One of them struck me, I think it was Richard Je- Jefferson that did it, and he was kind of talking about how LeBron's basketball IQ was, was far and above you know, the IQ of any player that he played for, you know, any player that he played with. And um, he, he just, he, you know, he, he was arguing that he sees the game, you know, and, and knows the game in ways that are, like, unfathomable to even just, even in advanced, like, basketball player. Um, But the interesting thing was what he also said was that you have to change the way that you play as kind of a role player on a LeBron team. Um, And, you know, in ways that seem obvious to, you know, an advanced watcher of basketball, you know, you're uh, a player that was, you know, maybe a ball dominant player before playing with LeBron might turn into Solely a catch-and-shoot player, solely a slasher, solely a rim runner, uh, because you're playing in an offense that's dominated by LeBron. But what I think shocked me most about this run with LeBron relative to any of the other runs that he had was just how much he elevated guys like Contavious Caldwell-Pope and JaVale McGee and Dwight Howard um, and Alex Alex Caruso, uh, Danny Green, Maybe Kuzma, not so much, but um, <laughs> sorry. No, no, sorry, that was not that was meant as an analytical statement more than a, a knock I mean, on anyone. But okay. right, I'm I'm just I'm I'm in utter shock that like it seemed on the surface to me that this Lakers team had nothing other than LeBron and AD, and like through a whole season's worth of body of work, they just proved that presumption completely wrong.
0: Yeah. I mean yeah, you know, it's it's I think especially especially in the playoffs, it's all about who can just make the shot that counts. And I think you know, the shot that counts, the play that counts whatever whatever. And you know, cuz we saw Caldwell-Pope hit a huge shot um to basically seal seal a game for for the Lakers. You saw Rondo, you know, kind of break out the the playoff Rondo persona again and really kind of come in and take over when when was necessary, you know, in in Game Six. Um, I mean, obviously, you, you know, you've got LeBron and AD. You're you're already better than a lot of teams in in the NBA. Um, but it did, like you said, really de- really depend on guys being put in positions to succeed and then doing so, um, which you know hasn't always. Sorry, something fell out of my desk. Um, hasn't necessarily always been the case, um, you know, with with these LeBron-led teams, and I think you know maybe maybe part of it is that you know Le- lebron maybe realizing that he didn't have to he didn't have to do everything this time and he was able to take more of a not i don't want to say floor general control but like he was able to control the game more and let plays come to him instead of necessarily trying to force everything because of subpar teammates
1: i i have two other things to yeah. say As far as this Lakers team and like the big picture, so one thing that I don't think is talked about enough, maybe it's talked about like during the games, but um, this this team played like elite defense. This isn't like if I'm going to use a football analogy, this is not like they don't play they don't play like elite cover two defense. Where you know you're like bend but don't break. You have a couple of good pass rushers, and like they're not elite in that sense. They're elite in like a defense that forces turnovers and turns those turnovers into points. And in a macro sense, you don't like think you don't think about that when you think about just oh this team like has LeBron and AD. But it's it's not just that they have LeBron and AD. It's that. These The way that they play defense is able to generate so many easy buckets in kind of not just immediate transition, but in like kind of the secondary transition um, as well. And I think that, that that's like a huge, a huge role for them to play because effectively this team is always was always just run one run away from blowing out every opponent that they played. And the majority of the time that big like blowout run came um, and. And and that's really like at the end of the day, like how they won football games. It's kind of like that Seahawks team that won the Super Bowl, you know, where you just boom, got hit by them. And then all of a sudden the game's a blowout. Uh, so I think that's the first thing I want to say about the Slankers team. But also, can, kind
0: I, of, can, is, I, can I interrupt you for one second before you make your second point? You just did. Uh, um, what do you think pass rushers do on a basketball court? I'm 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 kind of confused. I don't I don't know how that would really play out. And, you know, high safeties would probably be off the court, right?
1: I think I think pass rushers are kind of like.
0: I'm just I'm just being a jerk.
1: Please continue. pass rushers are kind of like Dwight Howard, where they like they get the quick big plays, and the uh, the safeties are like the Rondos, where they're like picking your pockets. Um, but anyway, anyway, it having a defense that's that good it, it, in a, in the same way that like. It works for a football team. Having a defense that that means you don't have to do that much to win. And I think that is a, a point that you were just alluding to with LeBron. I mean, and he's still put up insane numbers for someone of his age um, and someone who's played as many games as he's played. But at the end of the day, you know, if you got a good defense, all you got to do is run the ball and win. And run the ball they did. Um, my – my other point, which is significantly shorter to make, is I would like to remind everybody that the Lakers did all this without Avery Bradley, who is like arguably their third or fourth best individual scorer, which is a huge deal when you take someone away. Um, when you take someone like that away from a championship team,
0: yeah, no, you got a good point there. Um, that's that's honestly like something I had basically forgotten about uh because it feels like it was so long ago that he
1: uh
0: opted not to come to Orlando. Um I think I think you you mentioned another part and like I think we had both talked about before the series started like Miami needs to um execute in the half court so that they don't let the Lakers run in transition because they use their defense to set up those those easy buckets and you know I think we saw the first couple the, there was one game. What was what was the, like the there was like a blowout in game two. Maybe that was what it was. There um, were
1: three games that were close, and I feel like Miami won two of them.
0: Yeah, I just remember. I think I think one of, one of the first two games was like a was a pretty bad blowout, but um, you know, so I I think with the exception of that game, you know, they were they were really trying to um really trying to slow the game down, and I think they did, you know a better job than can be expected given the injuries that they suffered, especially to Goran Dragic. And I think we'll we'll kind of get there in a second um, of just working the ball in the half court, doing their best to get decent shots and, um, you know, just, just really doing their best to have, to kind of cut down turnovers. But I think you could tell by the end of the series, like the legs just weren't there anymore. I mean, that's, that's kind of what happens when you go through, you know, a uh, uh, two really tough teams before making it to the finals in in long series. Like you're just going to run out of gas, especially when your your best playmaking guard goes down
1: uh, with an injury. I have a question. Yeah, the legs weren't there. Where were they?
0: Um, maybe still on the beach. Who knows? I don't. I don't know. Maybe they just There's vanished.
1: No There's no beach in Orlando. Um, uh, but. Uh, with that said, I actually I have I have, I have another thing that I think yep. I should say. Um, so this Lakers team was so like uniquely constructed, like in so many ways when you think about it. Like, you know, there's so many lineups where LeBron is out there as basically like the point guard, or it'd be like LeBron and like Dwight, AD, and then like a couple shooters, and you're like, like what positions are these guys even playing? Um, but one thing that I think was interesting to me, which was a little bit of like a turn back the clock thing, is that they, they didn't use them traditionally, but it was so interesting to see like a traditional two big lineup out there for the Lakers. And I know we talked before um, about how the Heat were going to deal with their height, but it seemed to me like for once we got back to, you know, yeah, there, there wasn't like, Back to the basket post moves, but maybe pre 2010. I think the general convention in most NBA finals is that the team that wins the rebound battle generally wins the series. And you know the height that the Lakers put out there was kind of a testament to that. Um, and it did it, it did it, it didn't just manifest itself in winning the rebounding battle. But the Lakers basically shut, you know, Bam down for all the time that he was out there. Granted, he was injured, and you know when that was the case, it's basically just Jimmy versus the Lakers. And I mean, we'll we'll talk about Jimmy in a second. But like, you know, there's no way that he was gonna he was gonna drag them to four wins in the series on their own.
0: Yeah, and I think you know. I mean, once once Dragic went out, I think you know him kind of coming back into the and bu- in, in in the bubble and really like finding his form. I mean, he played arguably some of the best basketball his entire career, kind of over the last couple months. Um, and it was you know, I mean, props to him. I, it was you know really great to see him take control of that offense and really, really um, direct everyone around, especially an offense that has, you know, a team that has so many young guys that are getting their first meaningful playoff minutes. Um, But I think, you know, losing a playmaker like that and making Jimmy just kind of shoulder more of the load is obviously less than ideal for Miami, especially if, you know, guys like Hero and and Robinson are going to cool off eventually um, after, you know, relatively hot, hot shooting streaks through, the first couple rounds of the playoffs. Um, So I guess kind of, so moving, moving into kind of each, each team specifically um, things you liked and and didn't like out of, out of each team.
1: Well, I feel, I feel like I just, I just gave a a love fest to the Lakers. Uh, But I I think as far as the, as far as the heat go, um, I mean, you can't really, You can't really talk about the Heat without talking about Jimmy Butler. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, my specific familiarity with Jimmy Butler was during his, his tenure with the Bulls. But, you know, since then, he's been on a couple of different teams, obviously. And, you know, when I always thought of him among the, like, games star players... The, the question with him was always just the ability to literally, you know, put a team on his back, like, like Greg Jennings, you know, like, could he put a team on his back and just drag them? To would, you, would you say,
0: would you say there was a lot of deter- determination in that? <laughs>
1: I, think, I think that would be the understatement of the year, Brett. Um yeah. Jimmy Butler did what, like, you expect a top five player to do. You know, you, you, especially as, like, an underdog, in a way, did what Kawhi did last year. But Kawhi you expect it from, because everyone knows Kawhi's one of the five best players in the game. But Mm -hmm. Jimmy did what, like, Giannis hasn't figured out how to do yet, what, like, Embiid can't do. You know, what all the young guys in Boston are still trying to figure out you know, how to do. Um, he literally took a team on his back and, and stole two finals games just by purely being... And I don't even know that he was the best player on the court, but, you know, by just taking care of business and doing what he needed to do knowing the kind of situation that was on hand. And I had never seen that version of Jimmy Butler before. And it was, it was just a joy to watch because all it was was him executing, you know, a not that high of a volume of, of shot. You know, you think about, think about 2006 when the world was introduced to Dwayne Wade. Mm-hmm. You know, he, was, he had 42-point games where he was shooting like 26. Like, he took a lot of shots to get those right. points. You know, with, like, Jimmy was scoring 40 on like 20 shots. You yeah. know, and executing and taking care of business, you know, while guarding the other team's best play. I mean, it's just like, I mean it was workman like the way he handled his business in that series.
0: Yeah, and I and I think to add to that, and I think this is this is where I'm, you know, gonna gonna maybe maybe, you know, lightly criticize just, just a little bit, not not too much. But you know, he did that all by barely shooting any threes. And yeah. you could see how LA was adapting, especially in the later games of the series, when they just knew he wasn't gonna shoot. I mean, they were playing so far off of him, especially when when he was getting a ball screen that you know, it, it potentially took away some of his ability to, to distribute to the role man on some of those screens. So, you know, I'm not saying he has to go jack up a bunch of threes every game, but I'm saying being able to kind of pick his spots would, I think, help that team in more ways. And pick, pick his spots meaning, like, you know, shooting open threes and, and nailing a decent percentage of them so they at least have to give him that kind of attention. Because we, we know... We know he can put the ball on the floor and get to the hoop. It doesn't matter who's guarding him. And we know he can draw fouls, which is, is just another extremely important aspect of his game. Um, I would just like to see kind of him become a little more confident of a shooter, regardless of, you know, if he shoots at a really high percentage or not, just something, something respectable to the point where no one can play under him that much.
1: I have a okay, little, little bit of a little bit of a, a, uh, a 90 degree turn here uh, because I, I'll, I'll bring this back to Jimmy. Kind of question out of the blue is, you know, of maybe the championship teams that have won over the last like decade or so, where would you rank the Lakers? And I'm not looking for like a spot specifically, but like, do you think this Lakers team was like one of the top? Teams to win a championship this decade, or do you think they were closer to the bottom? Because the the point that I want to make is that, like, yeah, so some of these Warriors teams that won this decade, you know, and even the Heat teams too, were legit. But like, even when you look at two or three years ago, like Finals, like one of those, LeBron didn't even. Didn't even get a win out of, and those Warriors teams were good. Don't get me wrong, but, but the point that I'm trying to make is that, like, it's almost more impressive Jimmy Butler winning two games on his own against this Lakers team, which I think is a pretty good championship team in the scheme of things, than it is that the fact that like LeBron could win one in 2018. You know, on his own against the Warriors, despite how good they were. You know.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I. I think I. I'm. I think. I think I'm with you on that one. I might need to think through it a little more, but I think that's a fair, very fair premise.
1: The other thing I liked about what the Heat did is that, that like, it, and it's not like more just impressed by, like. When when you think about their most impactful players and in, in some of these wins that they had, you're looking at guys like Kelly Olenek and Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson and Jake Crowder. Like, holy, holy moly. You know, it's one thing if Dragic and, you know, All-Star Bam and Jimmy are, you know, upstart team kind of, you mm-hmm. know, become a nice final story. These guys are like... Like you know, Duncan Robinson undrafted. Dude, like Kendrick Nunn had kind of an important series. You know, Kelly Olynyk sucks. Myers Leonard did things. Like what? Like how did he? Mo- he
0: mostly he mostly
1: did, did sitting did on the bench, bench things. Did. But what? He mostly did sitting on the
0: bench things. But agreed.
1: I saw him hit a three.
0: I didn't. So fair. Um. Yeah. No. I think. I think. I, I agree. Like, there, and I, and I think as we'll get into in, in our next conversation topic, like there's a lot of things that this heat team can do to sustain themselves as a key player in the East. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, you, you can't, you can't really say anything outwardly like negative about what Jimmy Butler did this entire playoffs. Like, and you know, like I said, like my, my shooting thing was kind of a, a minor, minor nitpick, but you know, it's something that's there, but yeah, I mean, no one, no one thought this Heat team was making the finals, even after they signed Butler. And if you did, I would really like your uh, picks for the lottery this week.
1: You know what? We might need to re uh, re uh, what's reincarnate? I don't know if that's mm-hmm. the right word, but uh, do you know what we what we might have to re rein, reincarnate? Other stuff. No, Jimmy Butler is your father. Oh, you know, how many times I think that this series.
0: Um, do you have a number? Because I think I can guess. Yes. There are six
1: games. Thirty-four. Approximately eleven. Oh. Wow.
0: Okay. To a game, I'll take it.
1: Jimmy Butler is your father, Brett. I am well aware of the fact that he is
0: um, all right, so move, moving on to uh just just i know we kind of we kind of did this after the uh the last series in our last podcast but uh so what's just just kind of a brief thing before we move on, but like what's next for each of these teams
1: uh well, so the Lakers are gonna do one thing first and foremost before anything. Else that they do this offseason, they're going to sign Contagious Caldwell Pope to another one year deal. <laughs> I think that's what's next for the Lakers. Um, what, what's next for the Heat is a little bit more complicated. Uh, mm-hmm. Drogage is obviously not the long term future at, at point guard. Um, and, you know, they still have some pieces of that roster that they have to decide on you know, as far as where they're going to put their chips. You know, I think Tyler Hero could be a star, but, like, is he, you know, is is Butler, Bam, and and Hero, you know, is that good enough to get you back to the finals? You know, I don't know. It seems like there's another piece that they're missing there, and you would know their their cap situation better than I would, but I feel like they're going to have enough cap space to be able to sign another... Only player.
0: Well, so yeah, it's 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 interesting you say that because I believe that Dragic is up after up now. Dragic is officially a free agent and I depending on how bad his injury is, I you have to think there's at least some interest in in getting him in bringing him back for at least a year or two, right? Dragic? Like you, is Yeah. There? I mean, he's 34 and I mean, I I I don't know why there wouldn't be at least some cursory and Maybe not for the the contract he was on.
1: Okay, how about how about this? How about let's let's say that that he don't let's that let's say that the Heat approach their like future plan from a more like long term span as opposed to a short term span, like. Isn't Giannis like a candidate to go there? Like, aren't, isn't, aren't they a candidate for Giannis?
0: I mean, I'm not going to pretend to know exactly what Giannis is, is thinking about, per se, uh, in terms of, you know, if he wants to stay in Milwaukee. But, I mean, yeah, it would make a lot of sense for the Heat to, for him to, him to at least consider the Heat, you know? I mean, Butler's a little. You know, they're, they're, Butler, Butler's 31 right now. Um, so you, you'd think there's still a few more really good years out of, out of him. Um, and I hate that we're already... I hate that I said that, but, um, you know, he... Yeah, and then you've got, you know, you've got Bam. Bam's 23, and, you know, the, the, the supporting guys are all... Twenty to twenty-six.
1: Oh, Duncan's twenty-six. Yeah, Duncan was uh, old. Did not realize that. Um, but I mean,
0: you know, he, he's uh, you know, so but you, you've got the you've got the supporting cast to make it work. And I believe the hit the Heat should have most of, if not all of their their draft picks. Um, I mean, if, oh. we're, if we're just if we're just looking at at. Next year, you know they've got as of right now about fifty million in cap space to hit the tax
1: there's a I mean, whole grand- host of, there's a whole host of things they could do i mean you know oh, okay so
0: they're, they're they're as of right now they're they're twenty six under the cap
1: you could you could trade for chris paul you know you could you could wait a year and like you know Enter the Kawhi sweepstakes. Uh, I feel like that would be a team that would be very appealing for an A-list superstar to be interested in. Um especially, you know, you know that Jimmy like as long as you can handle Jimmy and you kind of know that um I, I don't I don't know, you know that like you can kind of whether it's take turns like taking the big shots or like I feel like Jimmy can play in any system, you know, because like he's just like he's a good two-way player. He doesn't like need the ball, but when he you give him the ball, like he can he can create. And so like it seemed like a great situation for someone like a Kawhi to walk into, someone like Chris Paul to walk into. Um,
0: yeah, no, I think I think you're right. Um, it's and I mean if you if you look at The 2021 22 season. Um, so after the kind of free agent banana bonanza, I don't know if free agent bananas exist, but I hate all of them. Um, if you look at the free agent bonanza of of 2021, I mean, they basically only have Jimmy locked up and they'll have Hero on a really cheap deal. That's it. Like, there's a lot of, I mean, and obviously some of that, some of that will take a hit after, um, after, uh, this year or after, you know, after however free agency shakes out this year, they'll have some guys locked up for part of, part of that. Um, so I think, yeah, I mean, every, I think every A-list superstar would be, you know, smart to give Miami a, a a good look.
1: And in all, in all kind of seriousness about the Lakers. So, You know, they're going to have their hands full next year. You know, they they obviously did not get a shot. The Clippers did not get a shot at them this year, and they're going to have a new coach. Um, And so I I think, you know, they're going to have as, you know, they're going to give, if given the opportunity, they'll give the Lakers their best shot. You know, Golden State comes back healthy again. I don't know that it's as easy of a route to the finals this uh, last year as it was. Relative to this year, they made pretty quick work of even their second-round opponent in Houston. Um, I I think life's a little bit tougher for them next year, and it'll be interesting to see if, you know, the supporting cast stays kind of similar and LeBron's a year older. It'll be interesting to see if that can hold up for another full regular season. Um, and That's before we start even talking about what like travel and all that stuff are going to look like for the league next year. Um, so we'll see, but yeah, yeah. my um, well, like a little bit harder for the Lakers next year.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that they're going to re-sign Anthony Davis, you know, but, uh, besides that, you've got a lot of the nucleus coming back. Um, I'd be willing to bet that they try and trade Kuzma at some point. I don't know what, uh, what they expect to get for him, but, um, I can guarantee you, it probably will not be the, uh, you know, the Zach Levine deal that Lakers Twitter is hoping for right now. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, there any team that has LeBron and Anthony Davis is going to be a top tier team in the NBA. Um, it'll be interesting to see, you know, given given you know, given that there is uh, a, a, eighty two game season next year um, with travel and all that um you know we'll have to see how how teams are managing their players um so i think that that does it for our finals coverage um i think now it's time we move on to the heart of the show uh the the one the part that you know all, all our fans are really clamoring for um or one of the two parts that the fans are really clamoring for. Um and that would be the Supon segment where we pay homage to the patron saint of this podcast, one Jeff Supon, one Jeffrey Scott Supon, sorry, um, by talking about any and everything that is average in our lives or the world. Um and uh yeah, Steve, what do you got? All
1: right. This is a this is a special, this is gonna be a special one for me. So I hope you're excited. Uh interested okay good um hope hope the listeners are too uh brett i have a question for you um i should have an answer for you what happened um 14 years ago yesterday on yesterday's date
0: so october 19th 2006
1: yes um you cannot look up anything you literally cannot look up anything. You know what? All right. That's a rhetorical question. Uh, wait. Okay. Wait,
0: wait, 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 wait. wait, wait, a rhetorical uh, question,
1: I am, wait. I'm going to mo- mute your mic. Hold on.
0: Uh, wait. You can't do that. Um, uh, Phyllis right. Kirk, uh, American actress in The Thin Man, passed away at age 79.
1: I don't so, know what that, that, is, that has. That is so disrespectful. Well, what happened on October 19th, 2006, um, it, it's a day in, in Supan lore, actually. The, uh, the St. Louis Cardinals defeated the New York Mets in the 2006 <laughs> NLCS by a score of 3 to 1 um, in a thrilling Game 7. Um, Fred, who do you think started Game 7?
0: I'm going to guess our, our friend Jeff Supon did.
1: Jeff, Jeff Supan started Game 7 through seven innings. Of two-hit ball, giving up one earned run, walking five, and striking out two, uh, he received a no decision in that game. Interestingly enough, um, and was awarded the MVP of the NLCS after that. Uh, so a, a great, a great a, day it was. It's a great day for all the average people out there. Yeah, so we're we're thrilled to be selling, celebrating it. With. I wish you would. I wish
0: you would have known. I would have put my soupon jersey on.
1: No comment. Um, anyway, we are thrilled to be celebrating this wonderful anniversary with uh, you, our wonderful listeners. We are,
0: and and Jeff, we know you're listening. Um, if you if you send us your address, uh, we will send you a commemorative certificate. We'll sign. We'll both sign it. Um, is that it for you? That's it for me, Brad. Short but sweet. Um, all right. So first, uh, so as as part of mine, I, you know, I was, I was, uh, going through my, my ballot, uh, because as on on behalf of this podcast, I would like to uh, encourage everyone that is of the age to, to exercise their civic duty and vote. Um, so please, please go do that. It's October 20th. You've got time. Go do it. Um, I was, I was, I was, you know, filling out my ballot and, um, I was looking at the candidates for, let me see if I can get, yeah, uh, for Senator, uh, from Illinois. And, you know, I'd say, I'd say the, the, you know, the, the current Democrat and Republican candidates, uh, are ones that are fairly well known, but I always like seeing, uh, the other candidates that are, you know, available on the ballot, um, just to see, just to see who's running, um. And I noticed that there's, there's. I don't know if you noticed this, Steve, but uh, there's a guy running for Senate whose name is Willie Wilson. I did know that. And uh, do you know what party he's? running no. He is running as a member of the Willie Wilson Party. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and uh, yeah. If you can't beat him, start your own party. If you
0: can't, if you can't beat him, just become one of your, just become one with. I, I do not really know much about Mr. Wilson um, but I feel like I, I, I brought him up to, to my parents and they seemed to know who he was. Um, I guess he's been he's been running for yeah he's been running running for for Senate. Uh, he uh, per his Wikipedia page uh, he owned and operated a bunch of McDonald's franchises. Uh, he you know owns a medical supply company. Um, but yes, the naming, I think naming the party after yourself has to be just one of the most average things. Um, just because like you can't get a little more creative. Like I just, man, I don't know. It seems, that seems pretty average to me.
1: And also his parents didn't get creative with, uh, the name that they gave him because they basically took the same name as their last name. So, you know, that's uh, that's, true. That, that, that's that that, probably that, spirals up a generation.
0: There are levels for it. That is very true. Uh, there are levels to this. Um, so yeah, it's it's average squared. So is average squared more average or like less average?
1: I uh, I mean, <laughs> what, what's the last math class you took? Like, I guess unless unless apparently in some math.
0: hey in some in some of my in some of my law classes we've been doing we've been doing math to assign blame to people. And, well, and the,
1: only time, the only time that average squared would be less than average is if average is less than one. Every other time, it'll be... It'll be. I yeah. mean, is average
0: less than one? We assigned a mathematical valuation to average? Uh,
1: we haven't. Could, but could average be, be can be average be something like... We're not... We're not... average be something...
0: I think ever should be something like i. Yeah, or pie. imaginary numbers. Imaginary numbers. So it's. It, I know you know. I know everyone comes to comes to this podcast for their daily or for their weekly, uh, you know, math lessons. But uh, I, I think I'll do everybody a favor and and cut it off there. Um, so we want to know if we want to hear from you guys that are listening to this podcast uh, if you've got anything, you know, in your in your lives or something that you see uh, that is uh you know average um we want you to send them to us um you can find us on twitter at two underscore years underscore away um you can send us something there you can send us an email at two years away pod at gmail.com and you can um also put a light in your window um because you know we're always on land neither of us come I see, uh, and you can you can kind of get within view of Steve's apartment and just use Morse code to uh, <laughs> to uh, get uh, get get your message across to Steve. So that's that's how to get in touch with us. So moving along, um, since our last episode, there have been a couple of um changes in the NBA coaching world Um, with the most recent hiring happening today. um, And I'm pretty sure you didn't know this guy existed either, Steve, Um, not to speak for you, but uh, the Indiana Pacers hired Nate Bjorkgren, um, formerly of the formerly assistant coach on the Toronto Raptors. Um, Sure.
1: Yeah my biggest takeaway from that is uh you know i i saw that and then i tried to type his name into google to like find a bio or like a wikipedia page but i literally like stared at his name from the article that i saw and then tried to put it in my memory to type it into google and misspelled it the first time like terribly wrong looked again misspelled it completely wrong again and then looked the third time and still couldn't get it right and at that point I was like this is not happening for me and then I actually got it right and started reading his Wikipedia page and I'm like this guy is basically qualified to be like a to be like a high school coach at best Um, but you know Brett this is America you know anything's possible
0: um yeah, I mean, I'm, I when I first heard the news, I was mostly kind of consider I was I was mostly thinking about how he was going to follow up Utopia, which was a pretty good album that came out in 2017. Um, it's not my favorite. It's not really as good as like Biophilia or, or Volnakura. Um, but, you know, maybe there's some some sonic inspiration that can be taken from uh, how basketball is played. You know, I'm not I'm not uh, an Icelandic musician. I really don't know how any of that works. Yeah. That's 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 what I got on Nate. Nate Bjorkgren. Um I love the fact that like the only picture available of him was the one that is his current Wikipedia page and it's just like him in front of a very blue b- um which I very quickly photoshopped onto um Bjork wearing her Swan dress from the Academy Awards a few years ago. Um so that was that was a fun, fun exercise in between classes today.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, honestly. Huh? I, I guess the, the way that I would sum it up is because, you know, my Indianapolis specific Twitter feed was going a little bit nuts when this happened. Sure. And one of the best things I saw was an Indianapolis beat writer retweet the Shams tweet and basically say, I'm, like, we're going to have fun getting to know him together. <laughs> Which basically up oh, wow. how I feel about it. Jeez,
0: Yeah. I mean, there's so many, I mean, you know, obviously I think from from fr- on, on a semi-serious note, like, you know, the Raptors have clearly f- fostered a good culture. Excuse my mispronunciation Um, fostered a good culture there. Like it's clear. They have a lot of really smart people there in the organization. Like I guess there are worse organizations to hire from, but I, I just feel like, I mean, did Kenny Atkinson really say no, like, does he think he's going to get a better job? Did they interview him even? Like, I just, I don't know. It, it it seems like, given the roster that they have, they're probably closer to trying to compete than not. And I don't know that, like, a first-time head coach is necessarily right for that spot. Unless, yeah, unless I mean, unless this... Yeah, unless,
1: unless this trade Oladipo. I was going
0: to say, unless this signals, they're just going to really tear it down and, and let him kind of come into his own as a coach. But, and you know, I guess like, given it's the Pacers, like there's always kind of that weight. Like, I feel like there are so few times over the course that I, since, since I've been alive, that the Pacers have really like pushed their chips in and went for it. Most recent time being like that Paul George Roy Hibbert team. Um, yeah
1: there are have also been very few times which you'd actually like look look up there year by year since basically yeah
0: they're probably never they're never tanking because that's what's the point in indiana yeah exactly. yeah so i mean i don't know i feel like we won't have any uh i feel like we you know the the returns on this will not be you know in for for a couple of years but i guess you could do worse they could have. They could have hired Mark Jackson.
1: Um. So, huh? They could have hired Jeff Van Gundy.
0: Well, someone might. Someone might still do that. Let's. Let's. You know, we'll, we'll be able to get those jokes in when when that actually happens. Um. So moving, just going back from from you know most recent. Next was uh, after you know we we had talked about. I think I think we talked about Doc Rivers leaving the Clippers last time we were on this, on this show, but uh, the Clippers have hired Ty Lue. Um I mean, head assistant under Doc Rivers knows the system, you know, knows, or sorry, knows the organization knows the players. Um, I mean, the biggest thing is going to be, can you get these guys to perform in the, in the playoffs when it matters? Like the regular season shouldn't be much of a problem. I'm intre- I'm interested to see what their approach to free agency is given that they'll have, a, you know they'll need a big guy, and, and they'll have a little bit of money to, to mess around with. Um, I mean, are we sure he can actually like coach? Yeah,
1: yeah I, I, I am. Um, I, I mean, he's got he's got a tough job ahead of him, right? Like, yes, yes, that that he does. I
0: would not necessarily want to be in his place right now. I feel like he's he's gonna like you know, besides underachieving. L.A. team with two super preeminent superstars like, is not really desirable right now.
1: Yeah, and but he has also like, you know, been a new coach in like, kind of territory where he's had to deal with like, a lot of brouhaha and craziness. So Mm -hmm. I think he's equipped for it. Uh, I think the thing that you hear people talk about with respect to him is just his ability to communicate and relate to the players. Um, This team may need more of that than it needs any like X's and O's thing. Although I guess if you talk to the real Clippers basketball nerds, they would probably like excoriate Doc Rivers for his inability to do some X's and O's things that they would have wanted. Um, I I, I don't know. Like I, I think, um, I think this is a – if you're kind of asking about what this signals from the Clippers organization as a whole, I mean, it it does have a hint of desperation to it because they know that Kawhi and Paul George are, are gone after next year if like this doesn't work out. Mm-hmm. And so um, – Instead of maybe making the best long-term decision for them, they're trying to band-aid this and see if it'll work and lead to a deep playoff run for them. It might. It might not. You you really don't know. Um, so th- that's maybe the most interesting part of this move to me.
0: Yeah, I think. Um, yeah, it, 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 I like like I think like you said like, why well, it may have been smarter to like just from a from an X's and O's standpoint to bring in someone, you know, with a, maybe a better basket, like, you know, not, not better basketball pedigree, but like, you know, someone that's been a head coach more, um, you know, might have more playoff experience, like whatever. But yeah, I think, I think like you said, like them keeping it in house and really just trying to run it back speaks to more of a quick fix than anything and hope that it results in at least one of them sticking around for another couple of years. Um. So, yeah, I think, you know, Obviously, free agency hasn't happened yet, but it's definitely and it's definitely a move to kind of keep our eye on as we, as we watch, you know, next year. Um, and then I think the, the, the other big one that we didn't have is, is the aforementioned Dr. River. Uh, the new coach of your Philadelphia 76ers. Um, they're not mine. It's, they're, they're, they're all of ours, Steve. The 76ers belong to all of us. Not my 76ers. Um, yeah, I just, oh man, like he's obviously got the most experience and like is probably the, someone, someone put it to me as like the best of the retreads, but like, and you know, is, is definitely like the front office situation for that organization is, is hot garbage. Like no one's really happy there. This is, I think another, it's, it's a different kind of a bandaid, but I think it's still a bandaid nonetheless.
1: Yeah, I I don't know. Band-Aid, maybe, but I think this is, um, I I don't know. I mean, you can criticize Doc Rivers for, like, his inability to really, like, be a championship-level head coach out in L.A., Um, but like i think we've done plenty of that okay doc river still a good coach at the end of the day there's lots of yes. bad coaches that are still employed in the uh in the nba you know they yeah philly could have they could have like gone the young like video coordinator route you know they could have um no, that that never worked
0: that never work, that'd never work. <laughs> They could never, have never heard of that being successful before.
1: Really, you you've never have. Um, they could have uh, they could have gone with like, yeah, you know, they could have gone the route of like trying an experiment with like a former player that you know like a lot you got like see like a lot of those situations they could have like dusted, I guess like the aforementioned Jeff Van Gundy you know off and, and done that. I think this this makes more sense than any of those. I, um, I, I agree with that. And I think that... So, the Sixers are kind of like a... There's a lot of uh, pizzazz, like, associated with that organization now. And Doc's the perfect person to handle that. I, I guess, like, let's say... And I know we're going to talk yeah. about this in a second. But Flip flip Doc with Billy Donovan and say Donovan went to the Sixers, yeah, you're probably getting maybe a better, like, just more focused basketball coach that can help your team with X and O's better. But um, that's, not, that's not what the Sixers want. You know, they want, they, want, they want someone like Doc. And to me, it makes sense. And yeah, they just that way with their checkbook.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. But I, I think, I think that, that's a good point. Like, you know, Doc's got experience managing, you know, superstars and their personalities and I think especially when you look at someone like Embiid who's like who's a very loud player like Doc's hey Doc Doc, you know, has worked with Kevin Garnett, who is probably as you know, as as insane of a person on the court as, you know, you you could you could ask for. Do you think he's um, less insane than Patrick Beverly? I think Beverly is kind of like yeah, I think I think I think it's KG. I think KG is just like a literal insane person. Yeah, I mean, he is. Yeah. He's an insane person. Yeah. Nothing uh, So, yeah, I I think that like you know, Doc Doc is kind of the right guy for that locker room. I just like you know, we'll see what he can I mean, he, he's not going to make up for the for the crappy front office decisions that this that the Sixers have made and you know nor nor should he be expected to. Um but I'm I'm interested to see if you know what he can do with some of these guys. Because there's still a lot of talent there. I just you know they're not winning a championship anytime soon.
1: I have a question. I might have an answer. Is DJ McConnell still on the Sixers?
0: No. Okay. That was my question. I think he was on the Suns. But I did see uh, oh no, he's on the Pacers. I did know that. Um, I did see this year before a Sixers playoff game. I was I was walking around uh, in my neighborhood and saw a dude in like full Sixers gear, and I was like, "Who's number twelve on the Sixers?" And it was a TJ McConnell jersey. This was like two months ago. It was great. Just full on all Sixers gear, TJ McConnell jersey. This dude might have been taller than TJ McConnell. It was great.
1: That is uh, someone that Ian would. Ian would be very happy to meet this guy. Ian would be very happy. Um, Uh, Yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, hmm? wait, I just have a question. How pumped do you think Doc is to be reunited with his favorite former Clipper and Tobias Harris?
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm sure he'd be more enthusiastic if they hadn't given him so much money, but you know, and left them a little roster flexibility. But I'm sure it'll be a nice reunion. Um, one more, one more basketball topic before we we get to wrapping up here. We can we can just kind of do a quick hitter because I think we'll once once we get an idea of, of the draft and free agency when that's all, when that all starts, we'll have uh, some more. Um, some more uh you know takes there and, and predictions and, and whatnot but just just maybe throw me like as, as we kind of approach the offseason like one team who you're kind of eyeing for for some some interesting moves this coming free agency
1: I feel like we've talked about this before but like the team that I've got my eyes on the most honestly is the New Jersey uh, New Jersey the Brooklyn Nets. Um I just you you don't like the the nets that we saw this year weren't the nets that we're gonna see next year, and you just wonder whether they have something up there, you know, there's like they've got they've got young pieces that they can turn into a third superstar, or they mm-hmm. can run it back with like these young guys as the role players along with Katie and Kyrie. Like I feel like it's a really interesting team to see which way they go.
0: Yeah, yeah. That they were they were. They're also high up on my list, but uh, for me, it's Denver. I mean, we saw them put up a hell of a hell of a run in the in the playoffs. Um, you know, all the way making it to uh, making it all the way to the Western Conference Finals, putting up, you know, you know, you know, looking looking like they belong, kind of among the upper echelon of of the Western Conference. Um, Paul Millsaps coming off his thirty-five million dollar contract, that'll be totally off the books. Jeremy Grant's off the books. Um, I think they'll try and really try and bring him back, um, but that's a lot of money to play around with. For a team that you know could kind of push their chips all in and make a run at it next year, um, you know they need a lot of help on the wing. But you know, with if you've got forty-some odd million dollars to, to mess with next year, that could turn into something really interesting. And if you keep developing, um, you know, Michael Porter Jr. and uh, you you know your other your other really young guys, um, that that could that could be an interesting thing to watch.
1: I also wonder, as far as the Suns go, and their like momentum kind of after their performance in the bubble. I mean, they're just such an interesting team to observe. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, Uh, I mean, I think, I think, I think the fact that once they leave Orlando, I think they'll never lose a game in Orlando for the rest of the organization's existence. Um, but like, I feel like they're gonna be terrible again just because they're the Suns. But they do have, they do have a lot of really, really, really interesting pieces. If, if if Uber and Bridges and, and, and Booker keep, keep kind of making jumps, um, they're definitely someone to watch out for. Um, all right. So that, that brings us to the end of our show. Um, this is the, the other fan favorite segment. I mean, honestly, honestly, you know what? Screw that. They're all fan favorite segments. You know, we, we, uh, everyone, everyone loves us. Um, so (laughs) with that, with that in mind, it's time to move to the fire that guy segment where, uh, you know, sometimes people just need to be fired, and we are here to do that and provide that service. Uh, so, Steve, take it away.
1: All right. I'm going to fire two people today. Um, I think many of you will remember on the last podcast, I spoke very highly of my new doorman, who I kind of hired, actually, into the program, oh, which wow. is very rare for us to hire someone, but I, I hired that guy in. Um, was talking to him recently and found out that uh, he was not very happy with uh, my building management that employs him because apparently um, when he took this job, I, I guess whether knowingly or unknowingly, this may be his fault, but they're paying him $6 less per hour than his previous job to do this job uh, at my current building. That, to me, seems borderline fireable. And so you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to fire my building management. I hope they're not listening um, as I'm saying this. But I don't know if they can do anything otherwise. Fair. So that's not... That was something that I found out that didn't make me very happy. Um, Brett, but I think you're... uh, I think you'll be in agreement with me on this one. Um, I am also, um, as an ode to the beginning of the Big Ten football season starting this week. I'm going to fire PJ Fleck just because I want to.
0: Oh, not for the actual fire, fireball, fireball offense he committed this week.
1: Nope. Just because I want to. I mean, I'm always pro firing PJ. Yeah, I knew you'd agree with me. Um, all right. With that, Brett, take us home.
0: All right. So, um, as, as, as some of you may know, I have, I have, uh, become a, a fan of the bachelor franchise on, on TV. Um, mostly because I just, it's, it, it gets extremely addicting, but it's also just like, especially in a time where you're in school, it's good to just like turn your brain off for like an hour and just like focus on something mindless. Um, And so the, the most recent season started um, after, after a delay due to the pandemic um, and and all that. Um, So I think, I think everyone in, you know, last week was like the introductions and I want to fire this dude named Jay. Um, I don't know what his last name is, but uh, so like, in, in recent seasons, apparently, so I, I've only been watching for a little bit, but in recent seasons, it's become a thing when you get out of the limo to introduce yourself to the Bachelor of Bachelorette to, like, bring props and, like, make it, like, a whole production so you stick out. Because they send people home that first night, so you want to, like, make a, you want to make an impression so that you're not easily forgotten. Um, so, like, you know, props, people, some dude wore, like, a full night suit, like, all this stuff, but this dude gets out of the limo in, like, a full-on straight jacket. And basically goes and tells the, the bachelor that, like, he's been going crazy because it's been 120 days or whatever since they were supposed to start filming. So, like, already pretty weird, right? Like, I don't even know where you can find a straitjacket nowadays.
1: Oh. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, a, I'm not an enthusiast to this show, so I don't know what's normal, but continue. So,
0: but like, I mean, when's the last time you saw somebody wearing a straight jacket? I Yeah. <laughs> Like so, can't. okay. so you, you but you think, like after after most of these guys do like their their thing, like they take off their costume and just kind of, you know, it's gone. Not this guy. He kept the straight jacket on the entire rest of the episode. So he's just like like all these other guys are just like in their suits or whatever. Like he's just in this straight jacket the entire time, unable to use his arms for the rest of the episode, which like must have filmed over several hours. And I think the funniest part is that, like none of the other guys were like, Hey, man, let me get you out of that straitjacket so you don't look like a giant, like, weirdo for the entire episode. Um, But, yeah, my man, my man kept it on. He got a rose. He had to, like, accept it in his teeth. It was, like, a whole weird thing. So I'm, I'm, I'm firing that guy. That guy just needs to, needs to get fired. So... I think that that'll about do it for us uh we have we have a really really fun surprise for you guys uh with our next episode which should hopefully be coming in the next couple of weeks uh, especially as we get uh you know cl- uh some some more clarity about what the nBA draft is gonna look like um as a reminder we will we will be doing our 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 scheduled uh pre draft episode um so I think there, there's a lot to look forward to there. Um, that's that's where the surprise will be. So uh, keep an eye out for that, hitting your new, hitting your feeds. Um, and yes, get send us questions, comments. Um, you know, you can tell Steve his haircut looks nice if you want. Um, and yeah, that'll about do it. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you next time.
1: Rock, chalk.